This is The Takeaway. I'm John Hockenberry. Thanks so much for listening. I'm in rainy Boston today, broadcasting from WGBH Boston Public Radio. And this will be a day of mourning and remembrance as people across the city pause to think about the horrific bombings that took place a year ago. Today, the vice president will be here, which is just one way this day will be different than a year ago. And there were no dignitaries, no rain either. Just people out on a spring Patriots Day to run and celebrate before things changed forever. When Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick stopped by the studios of WGBH yesterday, he shared with me the challenge of coming up with something to say a year after the tragedy of the marathon bombings. I have no idea what to say, he told me with that broad smile of his and those energetic eyes before he sat down. I'll think of something, he told me. He's speaking at the ceremonies today. But yesterday he was still mulling it over. He told me the story of how the bombings taught him what a small world it is, discovering while visiting one of the severely wounded in the hospital that she had served him and his family at a local restaurant. He remembered it all, and it taught him, reminded him, that we're all neighbors. Tell that story, I said. Maybe I will, as he sat down and thought out loud with me yesterday about all those emotions from a year ago. For me, the takeaway was how we pulled together, how uh, the medical teams came together to, uh, to care for and comfort the people who were hurt, how law enforcement came together to, uh, to solve the crime, and, um, and how regular citizens came together to, uh, to show what a community looks like. We had an argument this morning. You know, some people were saying, um, wow, wasn't it amazing that uh, that lockdown was ordered and everybody did it? And other people were saying, no, no, it was never ordered. People were just invited to participate. Uh, Settle it. Which was it? Well, I asked. You asked nicely. I I did. I asked uh, out of uh, concern for safety. Uh, and because we had an awful lot of things happening without knowing the, uh, the scope or scale of, of what we were dealing with, um, it was very, very helpful. And on the whole, people people did respect it. Now, I don't expect you to uh, you know, claim there was some sort of magic in your particular approach that caused people to comply. It was certainly a function of the events themselves. Mm-hmm. But it raised your leadership profile nationally, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I wasn't thinking about that then. I haven't thought about it very much since. Um, I was thinking about uh, what we needed to do to make sure we were all focused, all of us, not just those in uh, official capacity or with with an official role, but uh, but the whole community was focused on getting to the bottom of this as quickly as possible and uh, and staying safe. President Obama suggested that your style would. be great at the federal level. Is he, is he doing you any favors by saying something like that Probably. or is he complicating your life? He's, he's mostly complicating my life, John. I, I mean, I, you know, I haven't been at this job for so long that it doesn't blow my mind when the president of the United States calls you by name and uh, says nice things uh, uh, publicly. And I appreciate, I appreciate that. But I think that the real – the compliment belongs to the team that acted like a team – and to the citizenry who were just marvelous in their um, consistent and repeated demonstrations of kindness and grace. Is a tragedy like the bombing um, in, in some sense an easier event to deal with in terms to form a team than, mm. say, something like the policy implications of the launch of Obamacare in the state of Massachusetts, mm. which was a different kind of challenge and maybe didn't go so well from a team perspective? Well, two things I would I'd say. First of all, you know, you'd rather not test that 
uh, thesis because um, you need a tragedy uh, in order to uh, to do so. I will say that um, when you think about what we've been able to accomplish in the Commonwealth in the last eight years in education, in health care coverage, where even with the uh, uh, implementation of Obamacare, we have added uh, more than 200,000 uh, to what was already the highest level of health care coverage in the country. Uh, what we've been able to do in veteran services, in uh, in infrastructure investment, we are where we lead the nation. We have shown that uh, that we can work together as a uh, uh, as a team. I will say that um, this notion of common destiny as a uh, as a motivator for common cause uh, is something I feel very strongly about, and how I have tried to govern, and I think that. Uh, Everybody got a glimpse of that and understood that in the midst of that tragedy in a, I think, a particularly acute and uh, an important way. Thinking back to the bombing now, uh, there was a foreign policy dimension to that story right. as well as a domestic policy yes, dimension. Yes. Um, what do you think of the second guessing of Russian information sharing and federal, state, local information yeah. sharing? And how do you, as a governor, think about homegrown radicalization, mm. which was part of what happened independent of Russia? Here? That's right. Well, uh, first of all, on the uh, second guessing, I think it's inevitable. I knew um, a year ago of the uh, about the fact that uh, Russian intelligence had not responded to inquiries from the FBI for, I think, more than a year um, before the event. Um, and of course, that's worrisome. Um, but uh, most of what we know today um, does not necessarily suggest that this um, that it was knowledge that could have prevented uh, what happened, which really comes to the second point you uh, you raised, and that is about the radicalization uh, of uh, of people in our own midst. And obviously, that is something to be um, concerned about, but also to be careful uh, about. And the care I mean here is both in terms of how we are alerted to specific acts um, and specific behaviors without turning, in, turning that into categorical condemnation or, uh, or frankly, suspicion about whole groups of, of people. Law enforcement might say or maybe uh, the strident voices in the media might say that the only preventable approach would be to act on every tip that the FBI has and maybe uh, round people up and bring them in uh, as, a, as a preventive matter uh, for, for an event like this. But ruling that out because it's not practical, what is the preventable approach to radicalization? I do think that it will continue to be a matter of judgment. Uh, and we need to make sure that uh, uh, our law enforcement teams have both the resources and the training to exercise that judgment wisely. Uh, I am not prepared to trade off the liberties that distinguish us as a country, you know, for a an absolute permanent lockdown, to use the term that you used um, uh, earlier. And I don't think most Americans are. Finally, um, you alluded to just how complicated the question of are you running for higher office uh, makes <laughs> your life as governor here in the Commonwealth. Um, but with that issue aside, mm -hmm. and please feel free to comment on it if, if you like. You uh, can I'd put that issue aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you make of the campaign finance issues in politics for anyone who might be considering uh, running for a federal office? W what do you see? I'm worried about the democracy. And I was worried about uh, our democracy even before the Supreme Court uh, decisions, but they complicate the picture, I think, even further. 
we have a uh, an electorate certainly here in Massachusetts, and I think it's uh, it's not unlike uh, much of the rest of the country, where um, an awful lot of people don't participate because they don't think it matters. Uh, they don't think they can get the attention of uh, their elected leaders unless they're able to write a check. I don't think that's what the founders had in had in mind. I don't think that's what um, most Americans have in mind in terms of a healthy democracy. I don't like the decisions of the Supreme Court, but I respect the authority of the Supreme Court to make those decisions, and uh, and I think the only way they're going to be changed is by constitutional amendment, and we ought to be thinking about that. But beyond that, um, we need folks who are going to get into public life and run for public office who have in mind the voice and the interests of the people who cannot write that check. And uh, uh, because that's the only way I think we're going to get a better government, and we deserve better government. People like Deval Patrick? Well, I, I hope I've, you know, I'm, I wasn't trying to call attention to myself, but I certainly hope that is the kind of, uh, the kind of le- leadership that we've provided in this time uh, to steward the government of Massachusetts and certainly the kind of civic engagement we've invited people um, to see. Well, I saw the back door, so I decided to knock. But uh, Governor Patrick, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you.